Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Minasan, Kumawa, welcome to JJ Japan, a podcast where I'm going to try and make the best, most resourceful information about Japan, culture, and travel, and much more to give you that information to you guys. And today, well, we've got a very interesting topic I want to talk about. Today, I want to talk about gay samurai. So you probably image of the samurai, probably like very brutal warriors, very violent, pillaging, murdering. That's yeah, pretty true. But one thing you don't really realize is they were actually really strict Buddhists. Like Buddhist teaching in samurai camps was to the point that one of the biggest Buddhist principles, well, not necessarily the biggest, but one of the one of the ones for sort of large groups of males, well. That is no females allowed. And this started out, well, you can kind of guess, you got a lot of muscular men together, and there's no females in the camp. So you gotta entertain yourself some ways. And this leads, well, probably to the start of a sort of mm, culture in the samurai called Shudo. So Shudo is more, mm, there's kind of two types. There's sort of the comrade, like brothership, the brothership of like two good samurai friends who bond to each other. And there's the other type I want to talk about today, what's probably, hmm, they say more interesting but shocking. Is <laughs> a type between the samurai lord and the underlings. But before we get into little details about that, I want to talk a little about homosexuality in Japan, especially with the males. So if you probably don't know, well, at the moment, Japan's sort of homosexuality is a bit, well, difficult in a way. There's still certain laws preventing same-sex marriage, and there's still a stigma around Japanese companies to hire gay and bisexual and LGBT community members. So that's still a pressing issue in Japan. But we go pre-Meiji period, like from the 12th century onwards, Japan was pretty open about gay relationships. It wasn't an issue in Japan, hardly at all. Well, it probably was a bit, but not in the same sort of style as the Western world. And this is quite was shocking for some of the Western sort of Christian priests who came to Japan to be like Christian preachers in this warring states period in the 16th century, and they're just like this abomination of flesh, ooh, vicious habits. They regarded the Japanese as quite, like, horrible. Like, just so shocked about this, like, op openly having sex in the streets, like, same-sex, just right in public, like. And this has kind of made them look, the Western Christians come to Japan, like, bad in the Buddhism in Japan. Like, what? Like, how does this religion in Japan let that go by? Well, it's understandable being they're from sort of a heavy Christian background, it's very taboo, it's probably get the death penalty back at home, and yeah, probably stayed on for a long, long while. So what was this Shido culture in Japan, especially in the samurai camps? Well, the main one we're going to talk about is the sort of the warlords. So you have a samurai warlord, and he will take in sort of younger males into his camp, mostly to train up, train them up, give them skills, and make them better warriors for himself, right? But also, there was the culture of Shudo, 
what's basically mm, is one of the ways to make obedience. Well, that is sex. <laughs> I won't say sex and say, but sort of male lovers. This is sort of like a contract they would make. So the younger male would enter this family samurai household of one of the large lords, sign a contract that he will only do a relationship with that lord. Like doing anything anyone else, well, he may get his head cut off. And this sort of practice is actually quite common. Even like with old Nobunaga had one such contract with Ran Maruin. If you don't know that samurai name, you may know the emblem what's hmm a big white phoenix in a circle. If you're watching the YouTube version, you better see that now. Also, another thing interesting about Nobunaga, well, one of the reasons he sort of, if you don't know about Yasuke, was the black samurai, who was part of no Nobunaga's group. We kind of bought from the Portuguese, bought him a slave, and raised him up to actually be a pretty powerful samurai. One of the main reasons he actually bought him, or took him off in the first place, well, he wanted to see his body. But these sort of relationships, they weren't super public, because they were sort of like private affairs, no one really Really knows what goes on behind closed rooms, right? Another one that's quite interesting is Tokugawa Ieyasu and Ienausama. Ienausama was very, very pretty, was taken into Tokugawa Ieyasu's camp, and well, he was able to rise up all the way to the ranks and eventually become a lord of Hikokane. And maybe that should have, the bedroom activities could have helped him out there. But we get the interesting fact is when Tokugawa Ieyasu fully takes over Japan and we enter the Edo period. We get a really interesting dynamic of, well, it comes, Edo, the capital of Tokyo, becomes extremely heavily male-dominated, of samurai males. Why? Because Tokugawa had a great idea to control the Japanese samurai lords by making them, like, literally move every two years, to so, to Edo. So let's bring them with them a whole samurai camp. So... What this actually means is Edo was heavily dominated by males. It was at the point that was two thirds men and one third, only a third females in the capital. And the samurai at the time, well, they kind of didn't really have a job. They were fierce warriors in the battlefield, perfect for the warring states period, but after that, there's not much war going on, and there's a lot of them just basically broke bodyguards. And this will get the start of actually like boys love romance. It's probably the famous or most first on like BL like a light novel, Nanchoko o Kagami. Written by Ihara Saikaku in I think ah 1680s or so. And this first was quite long it was like twenty parts, but the first half was literally about a fam samurai. Now, two samurais basically love their love affair and how they deal with this, this in a world where they can't be employed but they find love somehow and if you go around any sort of flea market you may see some very well dodgy ukiyo-e so ukiyo-e is sort of Japanese art style of the Edo period well it's great for making the big wave and all these beautiful images of Japan but one of the things it did see a lot of use of is pornography if you're going to scroll eBay for Ukiyo-e, just please be warned. Like, you may be shocked. Because it wasn't always straight pornography, it was also gay pornography. As in the Edo period, well, the previous like, samurai culture of Shudo came a thing called Wakashudo. And Wakashudo was similar to before, the sort of like, 
the older male lord. And this time it's kind of like an apprenticeship. But in the contract of the apprenticeship, well, it's kind of a brotherhood contract as well. The older samurai would take a younger boy on as his apprentice with one of the conditions, well, he be his lover. That's a bit, ooh, make it that sound a bit creepy. But it was quite weird in the way you look into this a bit more, and it's a sort of actual status symbol. And it was seen actually in the hairstyles. So you might see like samurai men, men in the Edo period, and they have like the bald, shaved top with the hair around. And if someone was in this relationship and they were sort of the younger apprentice type, they wouldn't have that. They would have their hair more fully placed, but with a bit of the back sticking up a bit. <laughs> Seems a bit odd. But it's sort of a status symbol, like they are in that sort of relationship. And this contract is set to continue until that sort of young boy comes of age. But as this sort of a brothership contract, they kind of become lifelong friends in a way. Because, well, homosexuality is not taboo in Japan. It wasn't seen as like, whoa, that's super bad and offensive, you shouldn't be doing that. These sort of relationships, those seem odd from a Western sort of standpoint, were pretty common in Japan. Well, pre-Meiji period. So what happened in the Meiji period? Well, in the Meiji period, Japan ended its 200 years of isolation and became westernized very, very quick and successfully. That came in the influence of Western cultures, and one of them at the time was very anti-gay. And Shudo, and all sort of male love, at the time, them got banned in 1882. And then with the writing of the Japanese constitution, we left the issue we have today, we sort of set same-sex marriage in Japan, what is, well, it's basically written in the constitution in Japan law that marriage is only between a male and a female. So now we have the issue, this is still going on, and attempts to change that steel face quite sexist remarks, because homophobia then lingered on in Japan for a long, long while. So I hope I haven't sort of shocked you too much today about Japanese sort of samurai culture, well, I hope you enjoyed this episode of JJ Japan, where I talked about Shudo, culture of the samurai. Yes, and I'll say it again, samurai were pretty gay. And that's all for today in JJ Japan. So if you like this episode, like this sort of podcast, have any ideas of how to make it better, please let me know in any way you can find this. If there's a comment down below, if there's links to other things, and like the Facebook group at JJ Japan, and as always... Have a lovely day. Saiga Marikita Grete. Hontani. Arigazamasta. Johnny.